eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everybody, welcome in. Hope you had a great weekend. Welcome to the week that is preseason week two. And uh, this is the Utopia Podcast. Great to be with you. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payton Pendergast. Mornings on Sports Radio 610. Joined as always by my good friend, the Hall of Famer. And he's our senior columnist at SportsRadio610.com, John McClain. John, how are you? Doing great. Had a great day at uh, Texans practice with you on uh, Monday morning, getting ready for Miami to come in for two days of joint practices. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. We'll get into the joint practices and what we saw the last couple of days out of practice. Um, John, uh, we have promoted off of the top in every episode for the last few weeks our appearance out at the Houstonian, which is a week from this coming Thursday, Utopia on the road. We're doing a live version of the podcast um, that will be you got to be in the room to experience it. It's not going to go out on the podcast platform. It's a private event at the Houstonian. Two things relative to the Houstonian, John. One, we sold that mother out. So we are sold out for the Hard Knocks Utopia football podcast dinner. That's number one. So we're happy about that. Number two, the Houstonian has shifted its uh, shifted its attention already. We got that sold out, and now it's on to the next. And this is a Hugely beneficial project for the uh, the good people of Maui that uh, the Houstonian is doing. Led by their general manager, Steve Fronterhouse, on Friday at the Houstonian over on Post Oak off of 610. From 1030 to 130, they're going to have big uh, grills outside. They did this for first responders uh, during Harvey. And I went over there and hung out with Steve for a while and watched all the firemen and the policemen come by to get humongous plates of food. And they're doing this. To-go plates, $10. They got to be paid in cash, and you'll get a lot more than $10 worth of food. And what they're going to do is all the donates, all the all the proceeds will go to uh, 
World Central Kitchen, and that's to benefit people that are affected by the wildfires that wiped out Lahaina in Maui, where I spent my honeymoon. And it's a really good thing they're doing. Just drive up between 10 and 1 and support Hawaii's first responders because they need it. And it's a great thing for the Houstonian Friday, 10 to 1. You get a lot of great food for 10 bucks cash. Yeah, it's a, it's a great deal. And I think the Houstonian is matching all of the proceeds from the barbecue. So that'll, it is, that'll, yes. that'll double it. So when you go buy a $10 lunch, you're basically, that's $20 that go to the people of Lahaina. And I, that stuff... That stuff hits home here in Houston, John, because there's so many other places outside of Houston that came to our aid, you know, during times like Hurricane Harvey. Um, so it's a chance to get back and get a, a great lunch at the same time. So, yeah, 1030 to 130 at the Houstonian. Just pull up to the hotel on Friday and that'll be going on. So uh, be, be sure to do that. All right, John. So um, let's get to uh, let's get to the Texans here. Uh, observations from this the past three days of practice. We haven't done a podcast since. The bonus episode we did after the Patriots game on Friday morning. So since then, they had a bubble practice on Saturday. They had a practice Sunday morning. And then you and I were minutes off of the practice field here recording this on Monday. I guess my big observation, John, is it's finally started to get a little chippy out there amongst the Texans. They seem kind of chomping at the bit to hit some other people other than themselves. We saw a little scuffle each of the last two days. John, that's that's more scuffles in the last two days than we saw – at two combined training camps of Lovey Smith and David Gully those two years. I think that D'Amico Ryan's opened the Pandora's box mm-hmm. when he was asked about the first one. He said, it's about time. Yes. So the players see how the coach reacts, and they, now they're having more. They're getting tired of going against each other, and I'll guarantee you there's going to be fights against the Dolphins. When you put players going at it in the heat and humidity of Houston or whether it was Miami – we saw it in Tampa, I mean, in uh, New Orleans when the Texans had joint practices over there against the Saints, where they're going to go next week again. It's just going to happen. It's inevitable. You know, you know, hopefully it's just pushing and serving. Nobody's trying to hit anybody. But that's what happens in the dog days of training camp when guys are ready to play. Yeah, I um I was not surprised at all by D'Amico's answer to that question on Sunday. When when the play that started the kind of skirmish on Sunday was Devin Singletary. Either he was – I can't remember if it was a run to the left or if he caught a ball and Christian Harris – it was Christian Harris who came over and knocked him out of bounds. Like pretty rough knock him out of bounds, like right into the barricade over there next to where the fans were standing. And Singletary got right up and got in his face and everybody – you know, no, no punches were thrown or anything. Today was a little bit more – Today we got closer to punches being thrown. I don't know who it was. Someone, it was a big skirmish of people. Someone jumped up over the top. It was today was a little more wild. Um, but when the first one happened on Sunday, I can't remember who I was standing with, but I said, Man, it wouldn't surprise me if D'Amico maybe not said, Hey, let's, you know, let's 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 get chippy out there. But we know that last week, John, the Tuesday before the Patriots game. D'Amico volunteered that he was disappointed in the energy level of the defense. You know, he he was not asked directly about that. He volunteered that the energy level of the defense was not acceptable to practice before the Patriots game. I know there's probably uh, union issues with him going out and encouraging people to actually hit during practices where they don't hit anymore. But I was not surprised at all that D'Amico actually seemed excited that guys were kind of getting a little edgy out there this weekend. You can hit all you want. You can be as physical as you want. It's just teams don't do it because they're so freaked out about injuries. And um, 
anytime a coach gives his approval, players see that or hear that, and they're going to react accordingly. They, you know, what you don't want is getting penalized that way during a game and getting a 15 yard penalty, but it's certainly amped up the energy level. I guess of things we've noticed out of camp the last couple of days also, John, uh, is EJ Perry's back in the building, third string quarterback. Case Keenum has not been out of practice the last couple of days. Do, what do you make of that? Well, he was out there today and he was in a warm up working with Perry and uh, the other quarterbacks behind the huddle. He got hurt in the game. He hadn't thrown since the game. He's out there. The, uh, yesterday he was, he was I'm assuming getting treatment because mm-hmm. he wasn't out there. So if, if, if he's not limping and he's walking okay and he's talking to the quarterbacks, tells me something could be, could be elbow, shoulder. D'Amico will give absolutely no information on injuries because mm-hmm. he said, why should I help the Ravens? They're not going to help us. So uh, as far as D'Amico is concerned, when there's a player injured, you know, it's like, Huh? You're kidding. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, no Will Anderson out of practice today either. He was out there, but he didn't practice today. It's, I mean, it seems a little early to be giving him veteran days off. But uh, Well, they gave Kenyon Green a day off. Yeah. You know, let me point out something. I read a great story, and this is the third year in a row, the Atlanta Braves like for their players to play as much as they can, and they're hitting home runs like crazy as opposed to Dusty Baker, who likes to give players days off. And uh, it's hard to argue with anything Dusty does, but it's certainly a a humongous difference in philosophies. And we're going to see what D'Amico's philosophy is as he goes, because we have nothing to go by. So if you're giving Kenyon Green a second-year guard off, maybe he's got something he tweaked and needed it. I don't know. But – Laramie Tunsil seems like he gets a day off every other day, but he's our best player and they know they can count on him. So that one's not surprising, but I'm with you. Any young guy that gets the day off, uh, I don't understand that. Yeah, I don't either. All right, so the Dolphins coming to town, John. We've got Wednesday and Thursday joint practices, a game on Saturday. What are you hoping to see out there in these joint practices that we haven't seen so far? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, they're going to have full contact, and uh, I love watching, like, uh, Derek Stingley Jr. covering Tyreek Hill. That's I may write a column on that for uh, SportsRadio610.com because that's why they drafted him third overall, is to cover receivers like Tyreek Hill, which is difficult. So I want to see that. I want to see 
We talk about this a lot. And I watched the offensive line in practice, and it wasn't good. The backups, I watched Michael Dieter playing left tackle, just get knocked on his butt one time. Guys running around, right tackle, Austin Deculus. It's scary. And D'Amico Ryans was asked, you have to practice Monday, does C.J. Stroud's reps have anything to do with the status of your offensive line? And he said no. But uh, uh, can't wait to see Saturday how they're going to do that. What was the gist of that? I wasn't in the tent when when D'Amico was doing his press conference today, John. I was talking to people outside the tent. What was the gist of the question? Does Do, do C.J. Stroud's reps have anything to do with the offensive line? I'm not sure I totally Hell understand. Hell the Health of the offensive line. If you got all backups in okay, there, so does that he's, mean he's going to get fewer reps? Got you. Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to make sure that that was the case. Okay, um, I'm with you. Stingley versus Tyreek Hill. Um, I'm kind of bummed that Jalen Ramsey is injured right now. Really would have liked to have watched the young receivers on the Texans go up against um, Ramsey. We'll see him go against Xavier Howard. I would assume. Um, you know, seeing what this offensive line can do with uh, with Bradley Chubb out there for the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a good team. They got a lot of good players. Um, anxious to see uh, A-Chain, Devon A-Chain, the kid out of A&M, has been getting a lot of love from people in camp. He was somebody I was hoping the Texans would would take a look at and jump on about where they picked Tank Dell. I, I have a tweet, John. My, I'm on record out there. I tweeted at about the 65th pick or so. I said, let's just get Tank Dell or Devon A-Chain and let's go home. And they got Tank Dell. So I can't be too angry. They got one of those two guys. But this will be fun. And, and this is a big year for Tua Tunga-Vailoa, the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. We'll get a look at uh, Tua, and Tua will get a look at a lot of his old cronies. Probably didn't play with a lot of these guys that are Alabama Texan guys, but there is that Alabama bond that they all have. Tua Tagovailoa has been hurt every year he's been in football since he came to start for the Crimson Tide, and they were great last year. Their offense, throwing the ball down the field, was the best in the NFL. They were a really, really good team. So there's no reason me. They can't be right there with Jets and Bills battling for first place in the AFC East if Tua is healthy. So I can't wait to see him launching those rainbows to his receivers and watching the Texans' corners, specifically Stingley, cover them. Yeah. If he, yeah, well, and he's he's the one quarterback. You know, Joe Burrow – Um. We're still waiting on Joe Burrow's deal, right? Justin Herbert got his deal. Uh, Jalen Hurts got his deal. We're still waiting on Joe Burrow because he strained that calf muscle. And I remember my reaction was, bro, go sign your deal. No more strained calf muscle. Come on, man. But this is the big year. Like, Tua doesn't look like he's going to get a contract extension, and he shouldn't. To your point, um, he's always injured. But if he's able to stay healthy for a full season and they make a deep playoff run, Tua stands to get a contract, I would imagine – Maybe not above those guys because the injury issues are still, especially with concussions, um, are still a little too scary. But um, there's a lot on the line for Tua. Let's just put it that way this season. A lot of money. And if if all those judo lessons he was doing helps him avoid concussions, then maybe every quarterback in the league will be doing it. But if he plays full season, their offense is going to be the most explosive. The team's going to be good. And they'll be, I think, a contender for the Super Bowl. They could be. I, okay, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the jiu-jitsu. Um, I've got an article open from The Athletic that does a deep dive on Tua's jiu-jitsu lessons and how it's going to help him help him fall. I'm very excited to read about that because I've been saying, like, that That was my whole thing when he's getting all these concussions. I'm like, the dude does not know how to take a hit. That's the big problem. Uh, there's a It's a very underrated skill, John, for quarterbacks to be able to know how to take a hit and 
not expose themselves when they got to know how to fall. They got to know how to cover up. That's that's a skill. Tua does not have that skill. I'll be anxious to see what the jujitsu is able to do for him. I'm guessing that when somebody knocks the snot out of you and you have no choice uh, but to go down, last thing you're thinking about is my head because it happens so quick. Yeah. Slobber knockers. And yeah. uh, I don't, I, I, I've seen him get a concussion when he ran, seen him get a concussion when he got hit and he fell. And hopefully there's something to this because yeah. then you'll see every quarterback in the league doing it. John, have you ever taken any martial arts disciplines back in your day, like when you were a kid or anything? Did you take any kung fu or karate or anything like that? Back when uh, the TV show Kung Fu with David Carradine was on ABC, right. and it was the most popular show uh, on TV for teenagers. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't take it, but I went outside a martial arts studio and watched. And then I was like, somehow it didn't work for me like it worked for them. You, you were just trying to kind of pick up from watching through the window. So I was you doing my Bruce Lee imitation. <laughs> oh, man. All right, let's, get into, let's get into some for real. You want to do some for real or fugazis, John? Of course. Okay, let's do for real or fugazi. John and I do this every Monday. Uh, we, uh, I've got uh, several sentences that I've concocted here on this sheet of paper in front of me. I read them as if they are fact. If John agrees that the sentence that I've read seems factual, he says that as for real, if I read it and he thinks that I'm crazy, off my rocker, maybe even lying, John says, Fugazi. Fugazi. That's Italian for counterfeit or fake. Um, so I've got about a half dozen in front of here, John, that encompass uh, football and, and other various disciplines out there. Um, but we'll start with the football since that's where we're at right now. Um, Jimmy Ward is the most likely Texan to start a fight against the Dolphins in combined practice this week. For real or Fugazi? Absolutely. Jimmy Ward could start a fight every day in practice. He's physical. He knows that's, he knows that's what D'Amico Ryans and defensive coordinator Matt Burke want. He's a leader. Getting him to follow D'Amico when he wasn't happy last year about having to play in the slot, even though he did a really good job, it's one of the best moves that Nick Casario has made. John, I think there's like, there's a, you just touched on it indirectly. Like for someone, if you're going to be a guy who starts a fight in practice, there is a certain baseline that you have to, you have to be above the line. And in, in I think in a few respects, one, you've got to be a veteran who's not on a rookie contract still. You got to be an older player. You've got to be a player who is respected, you know, like a, like Jimmy Ward is respected. Like he is produced around the, you know, he's largely with the 49ers, obviously, but he's been a productive, he's been a top 100 player at times during his career. Um, and I think the third thing too, is it's gotta be part of your brand. You can't be faking it. Jimmy Ward is a trash talking son of a gun. And he's somebody who's always chippy out there. So I think if you, if you're those three things, as long as you're not phony about it, as long as you're an older player, and as long as you produce at a level where you've earned the right to go start fights, then, um, then you can go do it. And I don't know that there's anybody on the team on the Texans who checks all three of those boxes other than Jimmy Ward. Cause the team is so young, you know, and then most of the older players are guys who aren't, you know, Jimmy Ward is one of the better players on this team. You might say Laramie, but Laramie, that's the, he doesn't fit the third box. John Laramie's kind of a mellow guy. He's a lover, not a fighter. Um, so I, I think Jimmy Ward might be the only choice in this whole thing. I agree. By the, by the Pendergast rules. There you go. Um, all right, John, next one. Speaking of the offensive line, 
Offensive line depth has become the biggest concern for the 2023 Houston Texans. For real or Fugazi? That's for real. They got big time issues. Problem is with Titus Howard out, he might play the first game, he might not. And with Charlie Heck, their third tackle, walking around in shorts and a T-shirt, and he's on physically unable to perform. So they're down to their fourth tackle. Uh, He was going to have to start on the right side, and that'd be George Fant. And uh, because it ain't going to be Austin Deculus, he struggled big time. And I don't think it'll be somebody else they bring in. So Fant goes from being signed two weeks ago to starting. Yeah, it's. John, I was doing a 53-man roster for the Houston Press this weekend. It dropped this morning. That is a scary, scary position group right now <laughs> to find nine guys. You know, the most 53-man rosters, what is it, like eight, nine, ten guys on the offensive line? Nine usually seems to be about the number on the offensive line. Uh, finding the first five is not hard. I'm not saying I'm super psyched about all five of them, but we know who they're going to be. After that, it's a free-for-all, you know, especially with Charlie Heck being injured still. Who knows when he's going to come back? He's not doing anything at these practices, John, that would indicate he's coming back anytime soon. You know, a lot of times, like Tegan Catoriano just was reactivated on Sunday, the tight end, the second-year tight end. He at least was working out over on another field for the first couple weeks of training camp. Charlie Heck is walking around like a like a like uh, an equipment manager or something. He's just strolling around out there just watching drills. When he's ready, it's going to take him a while to get ready to play, so he's not going to just be activated – and then come back and you know the lineup. I think Titus Howard's going to be back before he is. Oh yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that for sure. All right, John. Um, for real or Fugazi? If Demar Hamlin just sets foot on a field in Week One this season, he's going to win Comeback Player of the Year. Well, I don't think so because he already won it. Uh, the Pro Football Writers of America gave that to him this year even though he wasn't all officially all the way back. We've never had a two-year winner, but there's a good chance he could be the first because he's going to step on the field. Hopefully he'll stay healthy and have a productive career, but he could be the first person to ever do it twice. Okay. But, John, you don't think that's going to happen if he just sets foot on the field, like as opposed to having to actually perform at a high level? Because I, I'm really disappointed. This is for real or Fugazi. This isn't John gives his opinion. Uh, on it. I need uh, you give your opinion, but John, give it to me. If you think it's fake, then give it to me. Would you ask me again? Sorry. <laughs> if, if he DeMar, steps on the field, he'll win. The, the the odds, because he's already okay. won it. He okay, he's he won it for what? He 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 won it last Comeback year. Player. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's the odds on favorite for it this year, too. He's he because he he didn't he never actually got back on the field last year, like he didn't die. But I he, think that's he came back from death. That's the only thing I could think okay. of. Okay. Well, I didn't vote. I didn't vote for him. I wanted to wait to see if he came back. Okay. Yeah. My 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 sentence was: If Demar Hamlin all Demar Hamlin all he has to do is set foot on the field this year in Week One, and he'll win Comeback Player of the Year this year. But you say Fugazi on that one. Fugazi. Yeah, he, he's minus three hundred. Okay. Let me add another one for Comeback Player of the Year. If you're coming back from sucking the year before, you should not be eligible for comeback player of the year. It should only be for no, guys who I come back that, from injury. I, for real. We yeah. see guys come back, and I don't know why we do it. There is no criteria for comeback player of the year. We've asked for guidelines. One time, John Kidna was comeback player of the year, and he was healthy, and he and he had been a backup quarterback, and he has one good year for the Cowboys. I never vote for somebody 
that just has a down year. I want somebody that's experienced like DeMar Hamlin or yeah. guy has been out because of, of, of issues. Yes. And I'm not talking about issues of his own making like yeah. he's a criminal, but to me, comeback player of the year, it's, it should be standard. It should be common sense, Sean, about what a comeback player of the year is. I was disgusted. The same odds board where DeMar Hamlin is like minus 300 to win the award, like a runaway favorite. Next closest guy is like 20 to 1. Russell Wilson was on there at 25 to 1. Oh, give me a break. Thank you, John. There we go. That's the John McClain I'm looking if anybody, for. If anybody, members of the Pro Football Riders of America, gives him a vote for comeback player of the year, yep. they ought to have their uh, their uh, membership revoked. Revo- revoked. Yes, I'm with you on that. All right, John, next one. For real or Fugazi? Deuce Vaughn, five foot five, sixth round rookie, drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, drafted by the team that employs his father as a scout, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Rushed for 50 yards on eight carries and a touchdown in his first preseason game this week. And John, for real or Fugazi, the league whiffed on Deuce Vaughn. First of all, one of the all time great stories, they let his dad call him and tell him he'd been drafted by the Cowboys. He thought his dad was just calling to ask him how he's doing on draft day. Talk about an emotional story. Now, Fugazi, I don't think the league whipped on him because he's with the Cowboys and he's going to do well. Anybody watched him at Kansas State, which I did quite a bit, saw he can run between the tackles. He's so hard to get get a, a hold of. It's yeah. hard to bring down. I think he's going to be just like Darren Sproles. He's going to help them in multiple ways. He's really good. I, I I loved him in college. He was good from the get-go. He was great as a freshman at Kansas State. He was a really good football player. John, the, the videos of him going through walkthroughs at practice is some of the most hysterical. So you think Bryce Young looks small on a football field? Deuce Vaughn, when they're in shells but have helmets on, is some of the – John, he, he looks – it looks like one of those videos, like uh, the Nebraska used to do this. They'd invite kids who were sick to come get on the field and they'd hand them a ball and the kid would run for a touchdown and all the players would pretend they're chasing him and the kid would score a touchdown. And, it, and they were tear jerkers, these videos. The kid was like nine years old running it in. You know, it's probably like a make-a-wish kind of thing. Deuce Vaughn looks like a little kid like that. He looks like he's 12 years old out there with these guys. It's incredible. But he's for his size, he is a really powerful runner. The difference in him and Young, Young is thin and frail looking and, and yeah. Vaughn has a body. Because all the punishment he's taken. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I told right, Sean Bajani from 610 a story today on the sideline about first time I saw Case Keenum, he's walking through the Texans locker room after taking a shower. He's naked. I'm watching him and I and I told somebody this is the truth. Because I've never seen Case in that situation. I said <laughs> When do they start letting the, the, the ball boys uh, shower with the team? And he says, it's not a ball boy. That's Case Keenum. <laughs> you worried that the Texans were violating some league rules. <laughs> I just, I just, that's what I thought. Oh, my God. Because he what... looked so nondescript. Yeah. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> You did you you didn't know who he was? You I mean like I know you knew who Case Keenum was, but you didn't. Yeah, I'd never seen him before. Yeah, first yeah. time I'm in the locker room looking yeah. around at players, and I see this little guy walk out with a. T- and I thought, I thought he was lost because <laughs> it was in like you know it's like off season program, and I thought just some guy getting, 
needed to be told the rules. New policy. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't go up to him and say, you know, you you got your own shower in another <laughs> another locker room. Oh my god, that's <laughs> hilarious. All right, John, let's uh, mix in a couple other sports outside of uh, football. If you listen to this podcast, you know we're not afraid to mix in a uh, little bit of a uh, little baseball, a little basketball. Um, John. Uh, John Singleton is the better option at first base for the rest of the season over Jose Abreu. For real or Fugazi? For real. And one of the reasons is uh, he's a really good fielder. He's disciplined at the plate. I think he has at least three walks. He doesn't chase like Abreu does, swings at a lot of bad pitches. And he's five years younger. I, I want Singleton in there. I want him to stay there because I don't see Abreu getting it better. And Singleton, he doesn't have to get home runs every game. I just hope, Sean, we haven't seen the best he's got to offer. Well, I mean, it's going to be hard for him to have a game like he did on Friday. You know, like it's, you know, two home runs and five RBIs, whatever it is. I don't expect that every time out. But I think, to your point, we know he can hit home runs. We know he's powerful. Um, I've been I've been really enthused by some of the at-bats that he's had. Um, the, the walks that you talk, I think he's got five walks, something like that. Um, he had a walk to lead off the rally that won that game in Baltimore, the Kyle Tucker Grand Slam. That started with a pinch hit walk from John Singleton in his first plate appearance as an Astro. Um, the only run they scored yesterday was John Singleton getting a walk, hustling from first to third on, I believe, a Dubon single, and then showing, I thought, really good awareness on the base pass to score on the wild pitch when the pitcher didn't come home to cover home plate. Uh, and then he made a great defensive play the next half inning. Like the sixth and seventh inning was a good look for John Singleton doing the little things yesterday. So, yeah, I'm the home run power is great. And we were expecting that out of the first base position when they signed Abreu. Uh, there's a it's a very low bar to clear, John, for John Singleton to be better than Jose Abreu's been. Jose Abreu's been one of the worst everyday players in baseball this year. Knowing uh, Dusty's philosophy of being in love with his veterans, it wouldn't surprise me when he's healthy, if he wasn't put back out there. And remember, Dana Brown keeps saying that Michael Brantley's coming back. And when I was at spring yeah. training, I watched Brantley taking a lot of plays at first base. So I'm wondering if Brantley comes back left-handed bat, if they're going to give him some chances at first base. I want to see Singleton. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It's the, the, the Singleton at bats for me out of intrigue have become must watch in these games. Just it's, it's, it's an incredible story. I was looking at it Seth and I were talking about Singleton on Payne and Pendergast this morning. And I was going to look up what his stats are so far this year with the Astros. He played a few games with the Brewers earlier, but I wanted to go see. So you go to baseballreference.com and there's a pull down menu for game logs, you know, and you can go by season. You can get, you can look at every player's every single game in, in order and most of the time you do the game log pull down menu and it's got the years in chronological order, you know, like for, you know, for Carlos Correa, it would say 2015, 2016, 2017, 18, 19, so forth, all the way up through 23. John Singleton, you pull down the menu, goes 2014, 2015, 2023. <laughs> I think that's eight year gap, John, in between appearances in the major leagues. It's an incredible, incredible story. Good thing he had plenty of money after signing that five year, $10 million Amen. contract before Amen. he played in the big leagues, but it's a great story of perseverance in the Mexican league, cut, cut, retired. I think and, and by all accounts, he is a terrific guy. He's seems a, like it. He's seems. a great success story. Everybody 
wants to see him succeed. Absolutely. Absolutely. What a story that would be if, he, if he's a significant part of a championship run. Uh, all right, last one, John. Uh, you saw the video just like I did. James Harden in front of an audience of folks in China sometime within the last day or so stood up and said, Daryl Morey is a liar. I will never play for an organization that he's part of ever again. Then repeated it again. said, I repeat, Daryl Morey is a liar, and I will never be part of an organization that he is part of. Of course, this has to do with James Harden, I think, expecting a max deal from the Sixers when he took a hometown discount last year, and now he wants to be traded. Daryl Morey has said, I am not trading James Harden. I'm not getting any good offers for James Harden. So we are not trading, and we expect him to be in camp in the next few weeks. John, for real or for Gazy, James Harden is right. Daryl Morey, liar. Fugazi. I've never heard anybody else, Daryl's whole career, call him a liar. Now, if there's a bad guy in this, it's Harden. He, he owes Daryl Morey. For everything Morey's done for his career, he's made hundreds of millions of dollars. And uh, I, I, he's a cancer. I'm so glad the Rockets didn't bring him back and put him in there with all the young players. He quit on the Rockets to get out of there. He's going to quit on the Sixers to get out of there. And I wouldn't want a guy like that on my team. I, I have to think, John, if, if I'm wondering how this played out, because my guess is – I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a conversation when James signed that two-year deal before last season, because it was a two-year deal last season and then an, a player option for this upcoming season. It wouldn't surprise me if Daryl made a wink-wink promise to James Harden, similar to what they did with Chris Paul when he opted into his deal to become a Rocket, and they promised him, we'll give you a max deal next year. And they did, after his, ha after his hamstring failed him in the playoffs that year. They gave him a four-year, $160 million deal. I wonder how much of that plays in with James Harden. If he watched Chris Paul get that deal from Daryl Morey a few years ago and he was expecting the same thing. More than that, I do wonder how much ownership stepped in <clears throat> with the Sixers and said, we don't care what you promised. Why would we be paying 50-plus million dollars a year to a guy who he's 34 now, but a max deal is like, what, like a four-year deal. Why would we pay James Harden, who doesn't keep in shape as it is at age 34, why would we want to pay him $50 million when he's 37, 38 years old? I could see ownership stepping in, and now it's Daryl who's taking the, the brunt of that. Look, I, I admire, John, that Daryl's not going to move James for 30 cents on the dollar. Too many of these GMs in the NBA get stars, they get upset, and they want to get traded. And not only want to get traded, they pick what team they want to get traded to. Um, James has said he wants to go to the Clippers. The Clippers don't have nearly enough to trade the Sixers, unless they want to give up Kawhi Leonard or Paul George in the trade, which they don't. Um, so I well, I don't know what the conversations were between Maury and Harden. I don't know who's lying and who isn't or what. The, I, I'm just glad that there's a GM who's digging their heels in on this. Man, you sign the contract, go play. Remember, the players run the NBA, and I'll bet you Harden gets out there and he gets to go somewhere he wants to do. And to get rid of him, they're going to have to take 30 cents on the dollar because he, he's the kind of player. We saw it here. He'll come in and he'll work against you to get out of there. And he doesn't care what anybody thinks. Boy, that's going to be interesting. I can see Daryl telling James to stay home before he trades him for 30 cents on the dollar. Just don't come. Just stay away. I could see that before Daryl Morey would accept an inferior deal. That's Can that's you imagine what Harden's how he's getting eviscerated? Yeah. Talk shows in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. Hey, by, by the way, did you see what Verlander put out after an anonymous player ripped him? 
uh, to the media. I heard he tweeted. He, what did he say? He tweeted saying how great everything was in New York. He was sorry one one player uh, uh, kind of took things wrong or constructive criticism or something, said he thinks the world of the Mets and their fans. And I thought he would just ignore it. But, uh, uh, boy, don't you know he's glad to be in Houston instead no doubt. of New York? And so am I. I'm glad he's in Houston, too, without a shadow of a doubt. All right, John, what do you got going on on SportsRadio610.com? We got a big week coming up, man. Dolphins coming to town. I'm working on a column on uh, the Texans' run defense, about how pathetic it's been for the last four years. Good good signs, very encouraging about what they did against the Patriots and uh, how a philosophy and hustle and brains can overcome a lack of talent to improve the run defense. So I think it's going to be improved. I have no idea how much I'll be writing about the uh, joint practices and uh, on Friday, I'll have five things to watch during the game, and I'll have a D'Amico Ryan's column as well. Nice. You got a lot of stuff going on. I like it, John. I like it a lot. All right. Um, so you can find all that stuff at sportsradio610.com. You can get John on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see it right there, at McLean underscore on underscore NFL. I'm at Sean T. Pendergast, S-E-A-N, if you want to hit us up on Twitter. Um, big thanks to Bryce, producing in place of James. This uh, this particular podcast, James is back, our producer, James Jackson. He's back later on this week, so we appreciate the, all the efforts that go into our production staff in getting this podcast to you. A quick reminder, hit the subscribe button wherever it is you get your podcast, and you don't have to worry about finding it or, going, oh, yeah, that's right, I listen to those guys. I want to find out what they have to say about the Texans. Subscribe, and then you don't have to worry about it. It comes right to your phone, your iPad, your computer, wherever it is you listen to your podcast. So we encourage you to, to do that. So uh, for the Hall of Famer, John McClain, I'm Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We will see all of you Wednesday following the first joint practice between the Dolphins and the Texans. For more Texans talk here on the Utopia Football Podcast, have a great day, everybody.